Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. I'm Brittany. And this is episode six. Today, we'll be reviewing season two, episodes five and six of The Walking Dead with the lens of freedom. Before we dive in, how are you doing today, Diana? I am doing great. It's my last day of work, and I have a few days off, and I'm so excited. Awesome. Me too. (laughs) So let's do a recap. Okay, so season two, episode five, Chupacabra. Episode begins with a flashback. Lori, Shane, and Carl are en route to a refugee camp at the onset of the Walker epidemic. They watch in horror as military helicopters drop napalm on Atlanta, Present time, the group organizes their search for Sophia. Glenn accidentally learns Lori is pregnant, and she asks him to keep it a secret. Daryl heads out on his own to search for Sophia. He falls and injures himself with one of his crossbows. He starts to hallucinate his missing brother, Merle, who berates him. Daryl wakes in time to find a walker chewing on his shoe. He is able to bash the walker's heads in and takes her ears as a trophy necklace. Daryl limps away and toward the farm. From far away, Andrea mistakes Daryl for a walker. (laughs) The others tell her, don't shoot, because Herschel wants to take care of the walkers his way. But she shoots. Dumb Andrea. (laughs) The shot grazes him and knocks him out. The others get to Daryl and carry him in. When he is treated, he wakes up. He tells Carol what he found, and she is grateful. While everyone is at dinner, Maggie secretly passes Glenn a note asking him when they can have sex again. (laughs) Glenn writes a reply and returns the note. Later on, Maggie reads Glenn's reply that he will meet her in the barn. She is stunned and rushes to stop him, but it is too late as Glenn discovers the barn is filled with walkers. Season 2, Episode 6, Secrets. We see Patricia breaking a chicken's legs and then feeding it to the barn full of walkers. The group, including Itty Bitty Carl, has shooting practice and Andrea is apparently pretty good. So her and Shane go off to practice on moving targets. They have an intense day, which leads them to hooking up in the car on the way back to Herschel's farm. Herschel tells Lori that they aren't welcome to stay there forever, which leads her and Rank to get into an argument. She's worried about finding shelter once again, and he always seems to think they can work out anything no matter what. Glenn and Maggie go to the pharmacy again to get the morning after pills for Lori. Lori takes these pills, but immediately throws them up, tells Rick about the baby and about Shane, but he said he already knew, which is annoying because I would have been way more upset than Rick is about the whole Shane thing, but he's so nice about it. (laughs) Dale also wants Shane to leave the group and calls him out for pointing his gun at Rick in an earlier episode. All right, Diana, where did you see the theme of freedom in these episodes? I saw it with Maggie. She has the freedom to make her own choices about who she sees, and where that relationship goes. Herschel asks her what is going on with her and the Asian boy, and she corrects him by saying, you mean Glenn? Herschel says that he doesn't want to have to worry about her like he worries about Beth and Jimmy. But Maggie reminds him that she is old enough to make her own decisions. She also has control and freedom when and if she wants to have sex with Glenn. It's funny because there's a scene with Glenn and Dale in the RV and he asks Dale about women and their periods and how they 
um, when they hang out with each other, if they have the same cycle, because he's noticing that all the women are being mean to him and nice to him, which is so funny. And Dale tells him, gives him the advice, don't bring it up. Just forget that you said that and don't bring it up, which I think is awesome advice for Glenn. (laughs) But I think that Maggie is back and forth with Glenn. I'm not sure what her reasoning is behind that, but at one point she is nice to Glenn, the other part she isn't. She does want to have sex with Glenn, then she doesn't. But once they're in the pharmacy and that walker comes to attack her and he bashes that walker's head in, and asked her, Maggie, are you okay? Are you okay? And she was so upset. I don't think she had ever seen a walker like that and attack people that way. So I think that was her realization of what it's like in this world. When they get back to camp, I love that she tells him that, you know, he's smart and a leader and that she doesn't want him being walker bait. And she gives him a big fat kiss. <laughs> and I think the relationship really changed at that time. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that she makes a really good point. She says, I don't even know if I like you because it's true. Like they just met yesterday or Mm -hmm. the day before. It's only been a few days. So, and I'm sure it is confusing for Glenn because all the women are going through different things at the same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's so confused. But I think he has to remember that just because, and this is a good reminder for anyone, just because a girl has sex with you doesn't mean that she owes you a relationship or anything after that. So I think that's a good lesson Maggie teaches him. I also saw the theme of freedom just with the group in general. No one in this group has the freedom to go about their day in any way they choose. Herschel and Rick are the clear leaders, and when something happens, it's them who people look to for answers. They run to them for help, and they blame, even though it wasn't them who did whatever it was. They're blamed for their people's actions. When Jimmy goes with Rick and Shane, Herschel's upset about it and says that Rick needs to clear anything that involves Herschel's people by him. And Herschel is also visibly annoyed when he sees Carol in the kitchen preparing dinner. Again, He tells Maggie that she should have asked him if it was okay first. Calm down, Herschel. Just trying to do something nice. He even tries to tell Maggie she can't be friends with anyone in Rick's group, like Diana said. And when Beth and Patricia want to join the gun lessons for the day, Rick says, no offense, but I'll ask Herschel myself. Even though Rick is their leader, since they're on Herschel's land, the freedom to do anything is ultimately up to Herschel. Freedom is also restricted adjusted or completely taken away when something goes wrong or someone messes up. With Daryl going off on his own to find Sophia, he tells the group no maybe about it because he's still sure he'll find her. He does end up finding her doll, but he almost dies getting back. Even though he's alive and well in the eighth season, I was still so worried for him climbing up that hill. And then Andrea, my favorite person ever. She shoots at him and grazes the side of his head. Because of this, Rick tells everyone they have to go off in pairs from now on. You have freedom until you prove you can't handle it. Daryl's visions of Merle, side note, were entertaining because their banter was sarcastic, realistic, and very true to both characters' styles speaking. However, it made me sad for Daryl because I wondered if that's how their relationship really was. And up until this point, we never saw them interact with each other, and I never noticed that. We've only, we were introduced to Merle first, and then we were introduced to Daryl separately. 
And it makes sense to me why Daryl's more sympathetic and easier to relate to if you grew up with a brother who just continued to tear him down and called him nothing all his life. But it did help him to come back because now he's basically free of Merle. And this could signify all that was holding him back or like pushing him mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Pushing him down. Mm-hmm. At first I thought, oh, that's real. <laughs> like I thought, oh, this yeah. is when Merle comes back. I know. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. But that, I just thought that was a really cool part that they decided to show us as like their relationship yeah. since I didn't I didn't even realize that we had never seen them together by this point of the show at this point. Yeah. So yeah. And it's Daryl's hallucination, so that is how, you know, he sees Merle treating him. Mm-hmm. Really Which is sad. sad. It is sad. So Lori has the freedom to decide what happens to her body. She contemplates throughout both episodes about the baby she is carrying and trying to decide what is best. She has the freedom to decide if she wants to eat when Glenn tries to feed her by giving her his rations. He tells her she needs to eat, but still it's her decision and her choice if she wants to or not. At one point, she decides to go forward with taking the abortion pills, but then quickly throws them up. Glenn tells her that he wouldn't ever tell her what to do about her decision, but that she shouldn't have to make the decision on her own. Rick finds the pills and goes to talk to Lori. They argue their points. Lori says she doesn't want to have this baby in a ditch and in the cruel world, that she can't even protect her own son. But Rick says they should give the baby a chance and that he knows she thinks she should because she threw up the pills. He asks why she didn't tell him, and she says, because I wanted it to be on my conscience, not yours. Rick says, I can't live like this anymore. Is there anything else I should know? And Lori says, Shane and I, Rick says, I know. Of course I know. And Lori is shocked. Rick says, I know you thought I was dead and the world went to shit. Lori nods, yes. Lori had the freedom to tell Rick everything, and she did. Yeah, and, you know, I was disappointed in Rick for getting so upset at Lori. He gets mad that she was upset at him for not telling her about what Herschel said, that they have to go soon. But I feel that that's just as vital information as Lori Lori being pregnant. As we know, they're going to continue worrying about shelter for the rest of their lives. And Rick acts like what he did was nothing compared to this. And I think he's wrong for that. You are right that she has the freedom to choose what happens to her own body. And I'd like to remind everyone that having this baby eventually kills her. So she has every right to be scared and to have these hesitations. She has even has a right to keep it to herself. I don't care that they're married. She is the one who will carry the baby and eventually will be mostly responsible for it. Yes, Rick would help her if she had survived. And we know that he takes care of Judith when Lori is gone. However, he's the leader. She's the first lady, as Carol called her. This would just be another kid she has to look after while already protecting her little boy, herself, and worrying about her husband since he's always in danger's way, helping others. I hate that everyone puts so much pressure on her rather than having sympathy for the real fear that she faces. I would be absolutely terrified of bringing a baby into this world when she's 100% right. Every cry will put itself and Carl and the group in danger. Some babies are very easily cooed and they can be shushed right away. But 
Some babies cry a lot. They don't sleep through the night. They make a lot of noise. Babies can't be reasoned with. And that's horrifying to think about when you're hiding from a walker, a villain, anything. So the world is not as safe as Herschel's farm. And there's even walkers in the damn barn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Diana, did you notice anything else in these episodes? I did. The point where... Dale confronted Shane and asks him if he's going to leave. And Shane asks Dale, is this about Andrea? And Dale says he's looking out for the group. Shane says, Carl wouldn't be alive without me. He says, I put my life on the line. And Dale says, and Otis's? He says, you were pretty vague about the details. He says he wasn't there with Otis, but he was there with Rick and he saw that Shane had Rick in his line of fire and he says I know what kind of man you are Shane says that's my best friend I love him like a brother and then he threatens Dale and says if you think I'd gun down my best friend what do you think I'd do with someone I don't even like and then they stare at each other and it was a pretty scary scene I was worried for Dale that Shane would act on his threat At one point, though, I did notice that Shane says to Lori, all I care about is you and Carl. What happened to him caring about his best friend, his brother? I think Rick being the leader is wearing on Shane. They are butting heads and jealousy is about to rear its ugly head. I also noticed with Andrea that uh, after she had taken the shots, um, the good shots at the walkers without trembling and being able just to hit him on her first try that she was like on her high horse and they went off and she was like exhilarated and you know that's when the car is pulled over and she puts her hand on Shane and they proceed to have sex part of me is happy for them but part of me says ick just because I know where Shane is headed also I can't believe she shoots Daryl I mean, she thinks she's this shooter now, and she shoots her friend. She could have killed him. And she apologized like that's good enough. But I like that Daryl tells her if she shoots him again, best he be dead. (laughs) Ha ha. You go, (laughs) Daryl. Yes, that was a great part. And I also would like to acknowledge that Daryl is so funny. Jimmy says you believe in a blood-sucking dog when they're talking about the chupacabra, and Daryl claps back, you believe in dead people walking around? It's just so funny because it's like, no, you don't believe in that until it happens. So, and it's just ironic that that's actually what it is. And when Andrea brings him a book, he looks through it and he says, what, no pictures? (laughs) Yeah, I thought, I just think he's so great. And I love those little lines for those Mm one-liners from him. I also noticed that Herschel and his family truly believe that these walkers are sick and they still refer to them as people and by their names, mom, Sean. Herschel says, a paranoid schizophrenic is dangerous too. We don't shoot sick people. And I understand his reasoning and I sympathize for them, but I just, I was so reminded of how creeped out I was by them. Just seeing Patricia break the chicken's legs. I know. So that the walkers could have something to like, a living thing to chase after. I just feel so sad for the animals in this show. I mean, the horses, chickens, a tiger. (laughs) Thank God there aren't any dogs because I would just be wrecked. All right, Diana, it's time for why we love Rick. Why do you love Rick? I love Rick because he tells Shane how it is 
and confronts him about Sophia and tells him he can't give up hope. Even though Shane has his own point of view, he just doesn't back down. He doesn't let Shane sway him. Also, he backs Carl, wanting to learn how to shoot a gun so he can help around camp and look for Sophia. And lastly, because he is so supportive of Lori, even after she admits she slept with his best friend, which is crazy. But that's why he's a little too nice. Just let's just throw that out there. A little too nice. It's all hope, though. I know. All of those are for hope. With Carl... He's trying to be a good dad and and knows that Carl can help out and wants to, and he wants to support that. With Shane, I still think Shane is kind of out for himself and just protecting the people that are close where Rick is out to protect everybody and the group. I mean, mostly his family, but along with his family, he wants to support everybody. And then with Lori, I think now that she's pregnant, I think that had an effect on his reaction. Yeah. Still too nice for me. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I love Rick. This is our segment. <laughs> Why um, do you love Rick? I love Rick. So Shane says, it's hard enough to accept what's happened without digging up the past. Nostalgia. It's like a drug. It keeps you from seeing things the way they are. That's a danger. You got people depending on you. Mm-hmm. And Rick, Rick and them have a conversation. And then Shane says, all the people in our stories are dead. And Rick says, that doesn't mean that we forget them. And I agree with Shane that you can't dwell on the past, but I love that Rick points out we can't forget who we've lost. It reminds me of the movie Coco, a movie about a Mexican family celebrating Dia de los Muertos. And I think it's always nice to be reminded of the people who came before you, who helped shape you into the person you are now, and who might have even helped given you this life you were blessed enough to have. And I think that's true for the people that they lost in their group, too. Mm-hmm. All right, Diana, what are you currently watching? I am watching The Voice. And this week, the teams are full and the battle rounds begin next week. So I'm excited to watch that. And I'm really enjoying Kelly Clarkson as a judge. I'm glad. She's a very good judge. I didn't really watch too many other shows. I Of course, I'm watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because Mm. I love watching that drama. Watching Will and Grace. I started to watch The Rise. Seems like a glee wannabe, but I don't have an opinion on that yet because I wasn't fully tuned in. So I will give that another shot. And of course, The Walking Dead, The Talking Dead, and This Is Us. On The Walking Dead, which is season eight episode 11 it concentrated on father gabriel and i was really affected by this episode and i didn't think i would be i'm don't really love father gabriel that much but something about this episode between him and the doctor really struck me i think it was because father gabriel seems to be kind of going up and down with his faith Mm -hmm. and Things kept working out for them. They kept, they found the antibiotics. They found the car keys. It seemed like they were on this upward swing of finding the right things. Also, when the doctor got caught in the bear trap Mm -hmm. and this walker's on top of him and Father Gabriel gets the gun and aims it and can't see and closes his eyes and... (laughs) 
opens them and shoots and he shoots him the walker not the doctor and then they get the other walker off of him and i'm thinking oh my gosh this is really working and i was loving that relationship and then they show them being caught and the doctor saying says something like this is our time or I don't know but he goes to grab the gun and of course he gets shot by Mm -hmm. the saviors and I was like totally devastated I really was I felt such a sadness watching Father Gabriel's face I was just so sad and shocked and I thought that he had done an amazing acting job I thought the writers for us to care so much about them that the writers had done a a really good job on this episode and um, I just really liked it I did. Even though it didn't have Rick in it, because usually if it doesn't have Rick, I'm not as excited to watch it. But I really did like this episode. I didn't like the entire episode, honestly. I really wasn't as into it. But you're right that that one scene did affect me because I feel like we've all been there. We've all been through a lot. And then it seems like things are going our way finally. We're Mm -hmm. finally getting past the uphill. (laughs) We're not going uphill anymore. It Mm -hmm. feels like we're fine. Things are finally good and we can relax a little and not worry as much and then even if it's the littlest thing it happens something bad happens and it totally breaks you down and you just you needed it to go well for you to keep your faith up because people can only take so much the human spirit is resilient but we need some some good we need some good to balance out the bad and i think in these recent seasons with negan it's been a lot of bad And I think that's also why it affected the audience so much, because we've been sitting around hoping for some good, too, Mm -hmm. because we've been so let down with how many times they've tried to take Negan down. They've tried to do this, do that, and their plans keep failing or something keeps going wrong or Mm -hmm. off rail. And it's hard to watch your favorite characters go through these things. And even though Father Gabriel is not my favorite character, like you said, Mm -hmm. he still did a really good job of showing how sad he was. And I think that sometimes you just... You're like, screw this, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was because also why it was so devastating. I mean, it was because the doctor died, right? But it was really because he had to be taken back to Negan. That was to me like, oh my gosh, you had traveled so far, so hard to get this far. And then you're all the way back to square one. Yes. But I do like something that I also really liked about the episode was that even though the doctor died, the universe balances itself out somehow, yeah. and Sadiq, Sadiq is a yeah. doctor. So yeah. I think that's great yeah. because, yes, you lost someone, but now you have someone new as mm-hmm. part of your group. So I thought they did a good job with that. Still wasn't my favorite episode, but that was very good acting, as you said. Yeah. And then This Is Us. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? I really liked it. I thought, at first I was so confused. I was thinking who is dreaming this? And Jimmy immediately yelled out, it's Kate, it's Kate, Kate is dreaming (laughs) about this. So I thought, okay, yeah, that's right, because her wedding is coming up and Rebecca and Jack are renewing their vows in this fantasy that she has. And I thought that it was really sweet, but also bitter, I guess bittersweet Mm -hmm. that she's doing things that she did with her dad or that her dad would have done. But I really did like the part, I like two parts. One, where Toby stands up for Kate to his parents Mm -hmm. And he just checks them and he says, you know, if you're not going to be happy for us, you can either leave or you can get on a plane or you can stay here and be happy for me. Yeah. And then the second part I liked was when she was at, you know, her dad at that tree 
with her dad's mm-hmm. ashes and she said, you know, like I have to make room for Toby and Oh yeah. I need I just need to let him in and I gotta let you go a little bit and I thought that was so uh, powerful because we know mm-hmm. Kate is really the one who struggled so much to even talk about it for a long time. So I yeah. think it means a lot for her to say that to her dad. Yeah. It so. does. And that is what he would have wanted anyways, just because of the type of man that he is and i got teary-eyed when both of her brothers called her katie girl at mm. their in their toast Aww, just because it's so sweet yeah. that's what jack used to call her and yeah thought it was really sweet also i think that what whoever the writers are of the show are just amazing because the segments where randall and beth say worst scenario worst case scenario things that could happen mm-hmm. and then he shares that with kevin oh worst case scenario let's do this about kate i think mm-hmm. that's such a cool thing to do like i want to yeah. do that now to release my worries and to um get things off my chest yeah. and say it out loud and not uh-huh. feel like it's all just burdening me so yeah. the writers of the show are just so amazing yeah. just shout out to <laughs> and they've really set it up for future seasons because of their jump forward or how mm-hmm. do you want to say it with all the characters so i'm yes. really kind of surprised and can't wait to see it and i hear that next season will be about um jack's past mm. and so i'm really looking okay. forward to seeing that too good and i think that's why they show kevin and beth's cousin going to vietnam yes that'll so, be really cool yeah. yay i'm excited <laughs> What else are you watching? I literally don't do anything but sit in front of the TV and watch stuff or Which go to the movies. I am so jealous. <laughs> I'm jelly. <laughs> Diana, you have kids. You have. <laughs> I know, but still. <laughs> I'm like a little more free than you are, you know, so don't get too jealous. Anyway, I watched the rest of the Oscar-nominated films. I'm not going to talk about all of them because let me just say I was thoroughly unimpressed with the majority of them. Oh my goodness! Okay, I guess I will since you said oh my goodness. Just say what your favorite one was and maybe not what one wasn't your favorite one. Okay, so I watched The Shape of Water, Mudbound, just for everyone who doesn't know what was nominated. Three Billboards, Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread. I just wasn't as impressed with Call Me By Your Name. And I think it's oh, I because... I wanted to see that. I think it's because everyone talks about it so much and they act, they just act like it's the best movie they've oh, ever okay. seen. And it's so beautiful it. and it's so moving and it's so... It's just when things are hyped up yeah, and then you watch it, true. it's so hard yes. to have your own feelings about yes. it because you're just thinking, oh, I can't yeah. wait. And you know us, we like to yeah. cry when we watch things yeah. and be moved by them. And I just couldn't. And then when you have an expectation and then yes. it doesn't. So it it just didn't live Mm. up to my expectations. It's a beautiful movie, and it's set in Italy, so it did make me want to go to Italy. (laughs) (laughs) I I still want to see it. Yeah, still see it. I'll go with Uh, low expectations. Okay, yeah. And then maybe you'll really love it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I got what you were saying about Shape of Water, about the characters being very, like, delicate, and they're just real people, and they're not, like, exuberant or crazy Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I did appreciate that. But my favorite one was Mudbound. I just... I almost watched that and I have to find the time to do that. It's on Netflix. Yes. Okay. I saw it on Netflix. So yeah, it's on Netflix and it is told in separate perspectives. Like it's first first person telling, Mm -hmm. storytelling, but then it switches between the 
perspectives of things that are going on. So I think that that's a really effective way to tell a story because there's always more than Mm -hmm. one side to it. I like that. I like movies like that. Yes. So I think you'll like that. And then I also watched Black Panther, which I highly recommend to everyone. Michonne, I mean, Denai Gurira is in it. (laughs) And she is amazing. They're all just so badass. It's just a really cool cast, a fun story. And I really, I I loved it. I would watch it again. So, yeah. And then TV shows, I watched, you know, Walking Dead, This Is Us, The Flash. Frankenstein Chronicles is on Netflix, And then Collateral is also on Netflix. It's a very short crime show. I think it only has four episodes, really, and that's why I got through it so quick. But Sounds like all the ones I want to watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get to them. Okay, Diana, it's time for And the Award Goes To. What was your favorite character, moment, or quote? For me, it was Glenn. I love Glenn. Because he is so honest and he can't keep a secret. (laughs) I love that he said, I can't play poker because I'm a bad liar. (laughs) Also, when he talked to Lori and he gave her really good advice. I mean, for being such a young guy, the advice he gave her was really good. Also, saving Maggie the way he did. I mean, he was protecting her. And she is right that he is brave, smart, and a leader. He's a different kind of leader, but one that is needed. Totally. And what about you? What does your award go to? I loved the moment when Carol goes to see Daryl after he comes back with Sophia's doll. And he's recovering and she says, You need to know something. You did more for my little girl today than her own daddy ever did in his whole life. And Daryl says, I didn't do anything Rick or Shane wouldn't have done. Carol, she smiles. She says, I know you're every bit as good as them. Every bit. And the show does highlight Rick as the hero a lot. He's the norm of like a handsome country guy. He was a police officer. He's married. He looks after his son. And like you mentioned in earlier episodes, Daryl was probably in a lot of trouble with the law before the outbreak. And he doesn't seem like he had a stable life. And maybe part of this could be blamed on Merle's influence too. But sometimes the characters like Daryl need reminding that even though they don't fit the cookie cutter hero look, or archetype, they're just as good and as amazing as the others. It's not a huge, like super long monologue about how great Daryl is, but I think it means a lot to him since he probably didn't have anyone who said things like that to him or ever acknowledged how awesome he was and currently is. So that's a really sweet moment. Yeah. I didn't recall that he compared himself to Shane too. Mm. I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're way above Shane. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. We need your feedback. We'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday. Next show will be on Season 2, Episodes 7 and 8. You can find us on our blog at the link listed in our description. See you next time. Bye.